Today's podcast is being brought to you by A Better You Consulting, LLC, where we help ordinary people achieve extraordinary goals. Check out our monthly personal development focus groups held via Zoom. Find us on Facebook or LinkedIn. If you would like your business featured on our podcast, contact us at theliferoompodcast at yahoo.com. Welcome to the Life Room Podcast, real life, real Christians, real struggles. Our mission here is simple. Our desire is for everyone to understand how the Word of God is relevant to their lives. Each show you will hear a short teaching and then a brief discussion on how that teaching can really help you with your everyday life. So share with someone and allow God's Word to come directly into your living rooms, your cars, or maybe even your offices. Welcome to the Life Room. Let's go. So let's jump right into today's lesson. Acts chapter 9, verses 10 through 18. I got questions. In Acts chapter 9, verses 10 through 18 of the New Living Translation, it reads, Now there was a believer in Damascus named Ananias. The Lord spoke to him in a vision, calling Ananias. Yes, Lord, he replied. The Lord said, go over to Straight Street to the house of Judas. When you get there, ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul. He is praying to me right now. I have shown him in a vision of a man named Ananias coming in and laying hands on him so he can see again. But Lord, exclaimed Ananias, I've heard many people talk about the terrible things this man has done to the believers in Jerusalem, and he is authorized by the leading priests to arrest everyone who calls upon your name. But the Lord said, Go, for Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles and to the kings, as well as to the people of Israel. And I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. So Ananias went and found Saul. He laid his hands on him and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road, has sent me so that you might regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Instantly, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he regained his sight. Then he got up and was baptized. I know many take the view that you should not question God. And I completely understand their reasoning. And I am in agreement that we should learn to trust and take God at his word. But the truth is, I'm not there yet. And if we are honest with ourselves, many of us are not there yet either. In fact, I want to show you that in reality, you may be given instructions from God that you don't understand, an assignment that you're struggling to wrap your head around. And it's actually okay to converse with God without being disrespectful. I want to show you that God is actually not intimidated with your questions. He does not look down at us from heaven and say, just do it because I said so. But as a good father, God wants us to understand his instructions. The truth is, oftentimes we have questions that we should be taking to God that we take to people. And when we do, so many of us get people answers and not God answers. See, although I may be saved, I'm not always in the spirit. And if you catch me at the wrong time, my flesh will be biased 
and give you answers that fit my needs. The scripture actually tells us in Romans 7 and 18 that no good thing dwells in the flesh. Now don't get me wrong, God can speak to us regarding others. He can speak to your pastor and spiritual leader and they can oftentimes provide godly counsel to you. But ultimately, there are some things you need to be confirmed by the Almighty God. There are some things that are just too important for me to have man's answer on. There are some moves that are just too vital to allow the last say-so to come from man. I know my mother loves me, but there are certain assignments that God has given me where although I value her advice, I need to know for sure that it's God's will for my life by hearing it directly from him. And I'm so glad that he longs to speak to us all. It's widely reported that lack of communication is one of the top reasons relationships fail. Might I suggest to you that lack of communication is also one of the major reasons we struggle in our relationships with God? And the enemy knows this. That's why he does so many things to cause disruption in our ability to communicate with God. And in today's text, in the book of Acts, it takes place when one of the greatest persecutors of Christians, a man named Saul, is on his way to Damascus to arrest any believer that he comes across. In verse 1, it indicates that Saul was uttering threats with every breath, and he was eager to kill the Lord's followers. This same Saul now has an encounter with God that has changed his entire viewpoint. Can I make a quick point here? I don't care how far a person may appear from God, a direct encounter with him can turn their entire life around. Our text today proves that. It's God who makes contact with Saul and confronts him. But God needs someone to assist Saul with his conversion. The man that he chooses in the text today is a man by the name of Ananias. And so the lens that I want to look at this text today is through Ananias. Ananias has a very difficult assignment in that he is the first person that God sends to Saul after he has had an encounter with him. The thing is though, no one knows that God has had this encounter with Saul except the men who are with Saul. And so now Ananias has the assignment that nobody wants. He has to go and show love to someone that was sent to arrest him. He has to go and show love to his greatest enemy. Ananias' assignment is to be God's vessel here on earth who completes Saul's deliverance by removing the blinders from Saul's eyes. Picture this. A man is out to murder you for your belief in God, and God tells you to go and help him be delivered. Wait, what? This is essentially two words that I am sure had to come across Ananias' mind after being placed in this predicament after the Lord comes to him in verse 10 through 12. The scripture says that the Lord came to Ananias in a vision. I don't know if you ever had a revelation from God and then the things that you had to go through to carry out the vision caused you to question if this revelation was really from God. The vision Ananias has can literally cause him his life if he is wrong about this revelation. 
So naturally, Ananias is struggling with this vision. But what I like about what Ananias does is that he does not go looking for someone to say, no way, God wouldn't tell you that. Because guess what? You can find someone to confirm whatever word you want them to confirm. And many of you, God has not given you an assignment that is as dangerous as Ananias's, but nevertheless, the thing he is requiring of you can be life-changing. Rather, it be an assignment he wants you to do in the kingdom or a decision that can alter the path of your life. Ananias understands that he cannot be wrong about this one. So wisely, he begins to converse back with God. He's like, Lord, I don't know if you heard, but Saul has done a lot of harm to your saints in Jerusalem. And now the brother has not only the desire to persecute your people, but he now has the authority from the chief priest to do so as well. In other words, God, surely you don't want me to do this. Please don't choose me for this assignment. However, Ananias does something that is healthy. He does not speak against the word of God, but he begins conversing with God because he needs confidence that this assignment is truly of God and not of his own doing. I wish more of us would seek confirmation from God before making a life-changing move versus thinking it is disrespectful to question something you feel God has led you to. God, in verse 15, does not get upset with Ananias for needing to be sure. God, in fact, not only confirms it for Ananias, but he provides him with more revelation. The revelation is, watch this, he is my chosen instrument. In other words, even those things that have been given authority by man ultimately still have to submit to God's authority. As bad as a man Saul was, he was no match for God's power. There's so much I can teach there, but it's the revelation that God gives Ananias when he converses back with him that allows him to go on and complete the assignment, not being so fearful that he is paralyzed with fear. And in verse 17, Saul is filled with the Holy Spirit because of the obedience of Ananias and his willingness to not just stop when he couldn't wrap his mind around the assignment that he was given. Instead, he chose to converse with God for a deeper revelation. We know that later God changes Saul's name to Paul. And so get this, the most prolific writer of the New Testament was delivered and was now in position to complete his major assignment because Ananias did not depend on what people were saying about Paul. Because the people would, would have been saying, man, you tripping if you're thinking about approach, approaching Paul with the word from God. He has been on a life mission to persecute us. They may have said, don't waste your time. Others have already tried to lead him to Christ. They may have said, what makes you think God would use you to lead this guy to Christ? You're not a disciple. You're not a prophet. In fact, one of the things I enjoy about God using Ananias versus someone else with a great title is that it shows us that God does not need to give you a title in order to be effective. But will you be obedient to God's word to share the gospel to those who may judge you, to those who may not understand you and may therefore discourage you? What you may 
be going through, you may not understand. What God may be leading you to step away from, you may not be sure about. But I encourage you to go to God with your questions. Seek revelation from God and not approval from people. Seek confirmation to combat your hesitation. So the next time God tells you something that you don't understand, I dare you to say, I got questions. Well, we hope you enjoyed today's teaching on today's podcast. I'm Sean Wilson. And I'm Salante. And we are your podcast hosts. In our discussion segment today, we talk about how about hearing directly from God as discussed in today's teaching. I recently had a co-worker who asked me, how do we hear from God? So we want to give you some, some nuggets there, some not so deep answers that may help you um, as we begin to talk about um, how do you actually hear um, from God? And I think one of the things to start off with is it's all about relationship. You have to have a relationship. And I believe that the stronger your relationship becomes, the more that you'll be able to actually define God's voice from other things that um, may be around you. And because the more that we are distracted, a lot of times the harder it is for us to really you know, hone in on what God is trying to say to us. So it's so very important that as you would with any relationship, that you really work on that relationship and that you really, you know, try to, to take time where you're trying to, to understand, you know, how God communicates um, with you when, when you're trying to hear God's voice. What do you think? Absolutely. I believe that you made a vital point when you said, just like with any relationship, And I think sometimes that's a hard concept for people to grasp of us having a relationship with God because he's not like physically sitting in front of us. And so the conversation isn't, okay, I'm going to talk and then now you talk and then, you know, and you're hearing him audibly. And so I think one of the things that we have to realize is that when we start building our relationship with Christ or with God, you have to realize that you need to actually make the time to do it. You can't just give God your scraps. You don't want to do that because you wouldn't want your significant other or, you know, your best friend just to, you know, oh, I mean, it's late at night. I'm ready to go to bed. I'll talk to you for a few minutes. And the next thing you know, they fall asleep on you. Absolutely. So I think we have to be very cognizant of that and keep in mind that, okay, we need to be specific and we need to be um intentional. That's the word I'm looking for. We need to be intentional about spending time with God and also realizing that when you're getting in his word, he can speak to us like that. I think sometimes we get so caught up when we say speaking to us, we're thinking we're going to hear this audible voice of God saying, go this way, do this, do that. And that's not always how he speaks. He speaks to everybody differently, but he does speak. We just have to be in a position to listen. Absolutely. You made a good point because there's no right way to get around his word, you know, it says in the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was with God. You know, so with your relationship, there's no way if you're trying to hear from God, the word has to be involved in that. So we we have to make sure that we're spending time in his word, because when we spend time in his word, that's where we really, really understanding the things that God would say. You know how, you know, those when we see his relationships with others, it really kind of really helps us because. Sometimes, you know, we hear things and, you, you know, we can we can pick up. We know that that's not God's character. But the only way that you would know that something is not God's character 
is if you really take time to learn what his character is, who he is. And the only way we're able to do that is, you know, through, you know, reading his word. Right. And I want to inject something um, just to kind of back up what I said regarding to hearing him. So in the book of First Kings, chapter 19, verse 11 through 13, it says, And he said, Go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by and a great and strong wind rent the mountains and break it in pieces, the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind and after the wind an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still small voice. So all of these loud things, um, these things that God created, wind, you know, uh, rain, all of these forces. But yet it was this still small voice that was God speaking to him. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so there are things that we can definitely do when we're trying to hear from God that really kind of allows us to be able to hear him clearly. And one of the things we have to make sure that we're creating an environment, you know, for God to to be able to to live in and to inhabit. You know, we, the scripture tells us that he inhabits our praises. And so we, we know that when we worship and we praise and we create that atmosphere, you know, we're able to feel him and we're able to you know, really allow God to speak to us. You know, it's, it's hard when you got all kind of things going on around you and stuff like that, trying to decipher what God is saying. But the more that we create an atmosphere that God wants to reside in, that's the more where we can able be able to hear God speak. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think of the scripture that says that those that worship him, worship him in spirit and in truth. And so to me, it's again, like you said, making that environment, making it a place where he wants to dwell, making it a place where, you you know, we want to have a clean temple. We want to have a, we want God to be able to come in and clean our heart and purify our minds. And so we, again, it's our mindset being in this place that, okay, God, I want to make sure that I can hear from you. Come in, speak, dwell, and do these things in me. Absolutely. And as part of any relationship, there is communication back and forth. And there has long been this saying, you know, that you don't question God, you know, but Ananias asked God a question and God did not respond negatively. He answered Ananias' question. And so I think it's so important that we understand that with that communication, there is that back and forth. So when, when God, we hear God say something, you know, it's okay to sometimes, because I can't tell you how many times that I felt I, I was confident that God said something, but then the things that were around me caused me to to be like, ah, am I really sure? And I have to go back to him for him to, you know, sometimes confirm it for me, you know, or, or, or say it. And, and then he allows me to see it in so many different ways, you know. And so I don't think God is intimidated when, when we say, God, I'm, I don't understand. I need you to help me, you know, with what it is, because I think that allows us to be more confident in our assignment. And that just allows us to, you know, really be sure because you you, you have to be sure, you know, when God tells you to do something. I think that's just important and God does not mind us doing that. Right. And it goes back to what you said in the sermon. You said, you know, we have to be careful of always going to other people and getting their opinions on what they think we should do, especially when God has already told us to do something. And I think, again, it's because that it's that physical person right there in front of you telling you, or if it's your spouse, if it's your mom, your dad, your sibling, or somebody that you trust and you're telling them something, they're like, well, I don't know about that. Well, I'm not too sure. 
But, you know, we have to be very careful of that. And um, I was scrolling through, I think, like Instagram one day and I saw somebody made a post and it said, you know, when God told you to do something, it wasn't a conference call to you and everybody else. He told you he wants you to do it. It doesn't matter what other people think. And though it's important um, to be able to have good counsel, godly counsel, because the Bible even speaks of that. However, we still have to know when God tells us to do something, regardless of what everybody else is saying, we have to go with what he said because he told us, not them. Absolutely. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to share your word with, with your people. We just pray, God, that something was said on today that would allow them to serve you in a better way. We thank you for this platform. And we just pray that your blessings upon them and everyone that may hear this message. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.